Welcome to Relationship Bites with Wendy Ologe podcast. Relationship Bite is a platform for everything relationship. Mother-child relationship, father-daughter, siblings, sister-in-laws, parents-in-laws, everything you need to know about relationship. It is said that one of the most important needs of human is belonging. It simply means that relationship is as important as being human. I will be taking you on a journey of everything relationship. Join me, Wendy Ologi, every fortnight as we extract the intricacies of different forms of relationship. The positives, the negatives, the wins, the losses, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else in between. And most importantly, the lessons we will learn from them. Relationship Bite with Wendy Ologi is your plug for real-life experiences on diverse relationships and how we can maximize these relationships for the best. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of Relationship Bite with Wendy Ologi. Now, before you run off and you wonder, ah, this is not the voice I'm familiar with, do not run. This is another amazing episode. My name is Precious James Obona from the Intentional Parent Academy, and I am swapping roles with Coach Wendy. Today, we'll be talking about her journey to motherhood. So we want to get all the juicy gist from her. So today, instead of her to interview, I am interviewing her. I want to get all the juice for you. Hi, Coach Wendy. Welcome to your podcast. Thank you, Precious. (laughs) I thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So I know today's um, episode is going to be fantastic. How Mm. does it feel to be on the other side of the table? Let's start Uh, from there. (laughs) Okay, maybe because I like to talk, you already know that, so it's good. I, I I think I love being here. I don't think, yes. I think being at the role where I talk is actually pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. How has it been running the um, relationship by to Wendy Logie? Oh, pretty, very interesting. Um, it's been something, you know, another learning journey, being, um, yeah. being that we're bringing in people to talk about their experiences, you know, at different levels. And we have a host of, you know, guests lined up for the year interesting conversations in fact someone reached out to me and said when are you going to interview me on your podcast you know (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 been a journey and it's a journey that i'm really enjoying you know in the past few months that we launched the relationship yeah Mm -hmm. it's been amazing it's been Mm -hmm. amazing and hey thank you to my team as well i I know um, i haven't said this on the relationship by before but um, my team actually pushed me, Precious particularly, to run a podcast. <laughs> hey, here we are today. <laughs> yeah, the Thank podcast you, is really doing amazingly <laughs> well. It's really doing well. Well done, Coach. So um, let's roll to the questions. Who is Wendy Ologi? For someone who is just listening to you for the first time, let's meet you, ma'am. Ah, that question is actually very, you know... Um, uh, very long. I'm going to give a short answer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was please. I was in an event just over the weekend, and I was asked the same question, and I was looking at myself, which part of this question, which part of it Should do I, I answer? answer? <laughs> All right. So that's also how I'm feeling right now. But majorly, uh, my name is Wendy Ologe, and um, 
I am the founder of the Intentional Parent Academy. That is actually what is top priority for me on being me. And um, um, I'm also a co-founder to an organization, a corporate organization called Smart Office that I have co-founded with my husband. But beyond all of this, if you ask me what, who am I the first time, I will tell you that I'm a child of God. I like that name so much beyond yeah. everything that um, it, it's something that I take pride in. I, I love it. I love to say that a lot. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. I just love to say that I'm a child of God. And is there yeah. any other thing that you want to know about me? I have two children, <laughs> three children, one foster daughter and two biological children, which are the twins. And um, I'm yeah. married to the governor. If you follow me on social media, you will hear me call my husband the governor. That's what we call him in the house, actually. You know, where, you know, he I, moves around. Oh, yes. Uh, so we, 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 we tease him with that name a lot. And um, it, was, it, it came, it started like a joke. And then we started to call him the governor, the governor, and all of that. In the recent times, my children have started saying to him that you, you should actually change the name to the Bologna and all of that. And, you know, it was so funny when they said it. <laughs> it turned out to actually be a very funny conversation. But that's it about me. And um, I am Nigerian. <laughs> Another part of me that I like as well. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Interestingly, you have an amazing profile, but we're going to get to that. You're just being humble, coach. You have an amazing <laughs> profile. <laughs> we'll get to that. So today we're talking about your journey to motherhood. Mm. So if you could describe these 11 years of being a mom to your biological children and your foster daughter, what word would you use to describe it? Huh. What one word would I use one to describe word my journey to motherhood, learning. That's the word learning. that has summed it all up, learning. In these 11 years, I've learned so much that has fascinated me. For me, yeah. it's a journey that has turned everything I, will, I would think I knew to something, you know, hmm. <laughs> somewhere that I, I didn't even believe that I would be. So learning is that yeah. word. Oh, yes learning amazing now thinking you're going to choose something different but mm. learning it is learning mm. learning so what was your re re reaction when you got the news that you were having twins ah, all right <laughs> I, I you know um being a young mother um i got married at 23, 24, by 24, I had done my, my white wedding, legal white, and um, I got pregnant, you know, I, had, I became a mother at 25. And, you know, at that very time when I became a mother, for me, the only thing that I could think of when I got pregnant, when I, I, I heard the news was, I'm going to do this at once and, I, and I'm going to rest. Because originally, oh, wow. um, our plan was to have just a boy and a girl. That's, that's what we have. In the marriage plan, of course, um, if you've listened to the podcast, you will see that uh, the first episode and the second one, I hosted my husband, who is a marriage coach. And we've had, you know, a lot of conversations around there. We, we started our journey with a plan, you know, the marriage plan, which is <laughs> which is also the title of his book. We started our journey with a plan and we've worked with that plan for um, 12 years now. But before we got married, part of our plan was that we we're going to have a boy and a girl. So if you're listening to me and asking and wondering, 
Why is it that coach doesn't have more children? That is yeah. why. <laughs> that Amazing. is why. All right. So um, for, for me, that was, um, that was my thoughts. I just thought, I'll, I'm just going to do this once and for all, and I'm done. And get and, over it. And just get over it and get on with my life. So that was actually what came to my mind when I heard that we were having twins. Amazing. So what was the pregnancy experience like? I know you told a little bit about it in the post you made during the twins birthday, but let us hear from you. Like the cravings, the nausea. You said you were at home for a while. What, what, what happened during oh, that period? Oh, precious. Oh, that journey. Oh, <laughs> Lord. You know, when I started chronicling those um, stories in the, in, the, in the year, in the month, in that week that um, was the twins birthday, I, you know, I, I had a, I had a, I had a journal, right? So that has also helped me to be able to chronicle my journey. Something that I'm, I'm building for many mothers to be able to chronicle their motherhood journey. I realized a lot of people can't tell the stories of their motherhood journey and beyond, you know, telling the story for me, I realized that I can't tell my child all the story. I need to write it in the book. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm pushing this, you know, um, narrative. I I realized that, okay, so there are a lot of things I had written in that book. And when I was telling that story in that week, I had to go back and I was, you know, going through and all of that. Pregnancy experience for me was, was, I don't want to use the word terrible. I'm I'm, I'm actually trying not to say that. Exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm really, really, I'm trying not to scare the young people as well to say that, oh, pregnancy. For some people, pregnancy is easy. Oh boy. For me, it was tough. It's one of the toughest things I've had to do in my life. I threw up almost throughout the nine months. I was oh, spitting almost throughout the nine months. Oh, my goodness. I remember your story oh. about the, the cup. Oh, Lord. I had the designer's <laughs> cup. <laughs> the designer's cup oh, was not spitting. Lord Jesus, oh, I couldn't God. believe that, you know, I could become that person. You know, it, oh, it, my it, God. it's just different from who I would be, you know, who I am and all of that. And it was actually, it, it, it fascinated me, really. You know, in my journal, I was seeing where, you know, I wrote, you know, you're talking about cravings. I remember one of those days I, I, was, I started to write it in the book, My Journey to Motherhood. I remember one of those days I had wanted, I hadn't eaten all day my husband was worried he had cooked everything i had rejected it and then he saw a woman who was selling up and he said will you eat up and i was like yes i will and then he goes to buy one because he wasn't sure that i was going to even eat it after he buys it because at that point you buy something i just tell you no i can't eat it anymore and then he brings it to me and i ate it and i finished it for the first time in a long while he saw me finishing a food and the next thing i go was I want more. And he was like, I don't think I can find the woman. I said, and it must be this particular oba. If it's not this one, I'm not eating. (laughs) Ah, He was like, but I don't think I can find this woman. I said, I I, I don't know. My husband drove everywhere. We were living in, um, we say, zone one at the time. My husband drove from zone one to Geriki, from Geriki to, he just was driving. He said, he came back without Oba. As he was coming in from the, he was coming in from the gate and entering our, 
you know, our own apartment. It was a, it was a, a public um, apartment where you have different apartments and all of that. Yeah. And then as he was walking in and I said, did you get the apartment? And he said, no. I just started crying. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I cried. Oh, I, I wish cried. the governor could retell this. Episode. Oh, I cried. I, I, think, I think we should actually bring him to, you know, I cried. I wept like a baby. Oh, oh wow. God. I was crying and he was like, I bought you granite. Can you try it? I'm like, no, I don't want granite. I want oh my woman. It's like I can't find a woman. Should I go to the market and go and look for where people that make up? I say, no, I don't want <laughs> those people. That one. Anytime I remember it, I'm like, oh Lord, the things that happen to you know women pregnant and all of that. So if if you're strong. When you're pregnant or someone, somebody reached out to me when I was sharing this story and said, I think you got all the attention. And, and of course, that's why you had to do all the, all those. For us that didn't have the attention, we, we just became strong by ourselves. But you know, I, I think a lot of things happen to a woman when they yeah. are, when they are, you know, when that, you know, hormone, the pregnancy happens. And yeah. I actually think that every man, if you're a man listening to me, that should be the time where, you know, you, you, you should consider yourself everything to that woman, because I, can, I don't, I, I, I just, I just don't know how else to say it. I, I remember one of those days I was told that there wasn't going to be light, you know, throughout the day, because I, I, I feel so hot. If you're pregnant before, you will know that that will be the hottest time, you know, you're going to be so life. hot you know, and all of that. People will be sweating and you will be, you know, people will be um, cold and you'll be so hot. I used to, I used to sleep under the AC at 16 degrees and I used to sleep naked under the AC. Oh my God. And you know, I was so hot that it was as if I wasn't a human being. So that night, yeah. um, my husband had said that they, they were not going to bring light they had announced. <laughs> I said, no, it wasn't possible. And we didn't have, I, I don't <laughs> think we had a generator. And then I, I said I was going to go to the Nepal office. We drove to the Nepal office around ah. 8 p.m. Around 8 p.m. And then oh, I sat Jesus down there. <laughs> My stomach was as big as anything. When you see me, first of all, you're clear. You're going to pity me like this little girl with this small frame wearing this, carrying oh, this God. load. And I sat down. And, I, and they said, they said that my, my, my meter particularly had an issue. Every other person had light. And they said, oh, that they can't fix it this night. I have to come back. It was a weekend on Monday. I just started crying. I was crying. <laughs> and the GMD of the NEPA came out. He was walking yeah, late. The guy said, who is making this pregnant woman cry? And they said, Oga, oh what she's asking for is not possible. He said, what, what is she asking for? They told her, oh, her meter, blah, blah. She, he told them, go to her house now and connect her directly <laughs> until you can solve this problem. I don't care what it will cost you, but this woman is going to sleep with light this night. That was how oh, I went wow. home. Honestly, I went home. They, they connected me for like two weeks until they were able to sort that problem out. So it was, it, it, it was an interesting, so many stories to tell as far <laughs> what happened to me and all of that. These are the you know, two that um, I'm sharing here. There's a lot more that I'm also sharing in the, in the, in the book. That, that yeah. when, when you read, you're going to get really cracked up because some of them <laughs> sound very unrealistic when I'm remembering oh them God. now. Amazing. <laughs> you, you're 
Divergent story should be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so what let um let's get to the birth of the twins. Mm. What was the first word you said when you um you you realized that you were a mom? Now in the, in the story you told um in the group is um apparently had a cesarean section. We're going to get to the cesarean section just later. Mm. But let's talk about um your first aha moment when you realized that whoa i'm a mother mm. what, what was it like for you seeing the twins i don't talk about ife's hair let's 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 hear the gist okay so so as soon as um as soon as i was being wheeled out of course i already told the story of how you know the twins pregnancy was a miracle right and yeah. there were too many testimonies around it and i didn't even believe i was going to have a girl anyway at that point but of course um, I, I had, um, you know, I was, you know, wishing for the girl. When we, we finally realized that we we're going to have a girl, I was, I was like, oh, it, she should have plenty of hair. And by the way, if <laughs> hair has hair, her hair is like ten times mine. Something that still oh amazes me, you know, every wow. time. Yeah, her hair is so full. I'm like, oh my god, this is just, you know, the things that I even, you know, thought you of. Yes, <laughs> and you know, as soon as they were willing her, uh, willing me out, and they were bringing um, the children, that was when I was just gaining consciousness for the first time. And I said, so have you seen the children? They said, yes. <laughs> so I said, what are they? They said, it's a boy and a girl. I said, oh my god, does the girl have plenty And that was the only question I could remember to ask, and everybody started to laugh. The doctor, my sister, law and my <laughs> husband because it was just my sister love my husband that was there when I had the twins and you know and you know I, I I went in but the first thing that hit me was that when they said I had to try to breastfeed them and you know with all the the stress and and all of that that was when it hit yeah. me that I have become responsible for, for two, two human people beings, two whole people at 25 it wasn't something I was oh, ready for, to be, to be sincere. I was yeah. not ready to care for nobody at that point. But you know these things, nobody tells us. They just tell you, exactly. get married. Have a baby. Have a baby. Just have, have a, baby a baby. And just keep going, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So let's talk about the waiting period between when you got married and when you decided to have a baby. Because like what you said, a lot of people, so quick gist, my sister got married in March, you know, and all of a sudden she called me and said, Precious, this is just having a baby. Ah, and like my sister, calm mm. down, right? Mm. Do not let anybody put you under any form of, of pressure. Mm. And she just been married for a month. So wow. that's that that as soon as you get married have a baby so what was your your experience i know you talked about it in the group um mm. what was the experience like you deciding know, to wait for a while you know in nigeria eh once you get married they they can even decipher whether you're pregnant in the dream i don't know how they do it <laughs> ah womb so, watchers oh yes. in fact that's the word <laughs> womb watchers they will watch you they will poke you they will tell you oh when are you getting mad oh they, 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 they. in fact some, someone actually told me that oh you just want to be doing babe i like myself like that yes and then the person just comes and just says you just want to be, you don't want to have children, Abby. You and your husband just want to be holding yourselves and just be going everywhere. And this was just, it was, you know, whenever I think about it, this was an intentional wait. So I keep wondering, what is it that people who wait unintentionally go through? 
Sometimes I can't get it. Our wait was just for six months. Yet we saw the subtle, you know, people who couldn't boldly ask us. We say, you know, very subtle, you know. They're waiting for our baby. Exactly. (laughs) Those kind of things. When are we we getting ready? You know, those kind of, you know, subtle, these things. Because we were waiting intentionally, we just usually would give a smile. And we didn't bother with any explanation because we didn't think it was anybody's, you know, problem to explain. We had planned that we were going to wait for one year. But along the line, after three months, you know, I, my husband and I just, you know, sat down, you know, reviewed a lot of things, read the age because we, we plan with, you know, our age and all of that and all yeah. of that. And then we're like, okay, maybe we can do six months. So what do you think, baby? I was like, okay, we can try after six months. And, you know, God's been so kind. Immediately was six yeah. months and we said, we are ready. And I, I just got pregnant the same month, you know, where yeah. we just, you know, said that. And interestingly, all of those questions that we ask in our climb, they come off like care, but a lot of mm-hmm. the times they actually rub off. Yes, they rub off on, on newlyweds, you know, wrongly, very wrongly. And then you know, it, pre- it pressures them into a lot. Of, and then you hear things. I remember when the twins, after the twins were even born, people would say, what are you waiting for? Are, are them you, a sibling. <laughs> if you only these two children you're going to have, people still tell me that even now. You know, we're going to get to that conversation of how you're able to keep your resolve to have just two kids in the Nigeria. Right? <laughs> we have to talk about that. That's fine. Is that it? Just having two kids is is a crime. Is a taboo. Is a crime. Exactly. How dare you? Like, why would you just have two? Somebody, like, why? somebody told me that, oh, you just you just want to be doing as if you're just, oh, you both. What's even wrong with you? What do you even, who, who do you even think you are? I'm like, huh? Like, seriously? Mm-hmm. But it's wow. my decision. Like, you know, the person didn't tell me directly to the friend, you know, who knew me and said, what does she even feel like? She just wants to have two children. Please, I beg. <laughs> all these people <laughs> just imagine <laughs> wow oh amazing <laughs> amazing so let's, what, what, what word of advice would you have for newlyweds who decided to either wait intentionally or unintentionally so let me tell a personal story yeah i had to wait unintentionally Okay. Right, so we had to go the medical route. Wow, and it was so when you said unintentional, I had to smile mm. because it was, it was, it was. I don't want to, I don't, mm. <laughs> I don't know the word, but it was, it was, it was <laughs> right. And you know, we're very like the Nigerian climate is very insensitive, very right? extremely. So a lot of times, people come across as caring, but they do not know that. They are actually pushing you to the wall. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you're going through some procedure, and somebody is trying to talk to you in ways that you're you're already tensed about mm. the procedure you're going mm. through. And mm. somebody now says something, and especially when you go through those procedures, you're 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 volat- What's the word now? You're sensitive. Yes, your emotions. Your emotions, your emotions are involved. And overdrive. Yes. Yes. Right? yes. What word of advice would you have for somebody who is waiting intentionally and unintentionally? The, the word I'm going to use is, as a couple, you must know what, you know, um, the drive is. You must yeah. know who you are holding on to. My husband and I, over the years, have held so much onto God that whatever it is that you say, 
it's neither here nor there for us. That's yeah. the truth. There's a lot of there are a lot of things that we have had to go through. You know, when I say people look at me like you've gone through something, <laughs> we didn't get here just, you know, by falling from heaven. There are a lot of yeah. things that we have had to go through. And we know that, you know, many times people just, you know, want to say things and all of that. We just look at them and we smile. If you and your spouse can just agree that this is between you, your spouse and God. You know, the Bible talks about the threefold cord. And as far as I'm concerned, the threefold cord is what is most important. You know, once yeah. you can just have God in all of it, whatever it is that people say, you know, you need to actually grow. If you live in Nigeria, you need to grow a thick skin on, on a lot of things. That's the truth, all right? But most importantly, ensure that you and your spouse are actually, at, you know, at the same, you know, level and all of that. Yeah. Hmm. Amazing. So let's talk about the changes in your body after you had the twins hmm. uh okay so pa- the part of the story i haven't even shared on social media that i'm chronicle on the book is i had a postpartum depression after i had the twins oh wow, oh, wow. um a story that i have never told but um part of what the holy spirit told me to tell was my journey through postpartum depression it was bad for me maybe because also i wasn't ready because, you know, there were lots of, you know, stuff that went through my head. You know, I'm, I'm writing how, what I went through, what can happen and how I was able to go through it. I remember that, you know, um, I, was, I was telling someone, my husband and I were, was telling a couple, canceling a couple, and we were telling the couple that the worst thing that happens to you is a lack of knowledge. It's not, yeah. not, it's not knowing. Many times I, I had... Um, thought of what would have happened to me if I knew better when it comes mm-hmm. to postpartum depression. I wouldn't have gone that route. I would have known, even known what to pray about and all of that. Unfortunately, a lot of us are not telling the young people these stories. They're not telling them what can happen. These things that they tell you is as soon as you get, you have children, you're supposed to be happy. And why postpartum yeah. depression yeah. is worse in our climate is that you can't say it, that you're unhappy having children. You can't say exactly. it to anyone. And it's it like is unfortunate because you can't speak. In my mm-hmm. own case, I have a very supportive spouse. So it was easy to say anything to my husband. It's still so easy to say anything to my husband. If I say it today and I say, oh, I feel like there's something you're not doing or I'm falling out of love, I can actually turn to my husband and say, I think I'm not loving you as much as I am before. What should we do? That's the kind of relationship <laughs> I have with him. So it was yeah. easy for me to, you know, talk to him. And I have a very supportive family system. I'm never going to be able to actually take that away. Never. My in-laws are awesome. That's the word. Awesome. And I remember that in all the process of the postpartum depression and all of that, my sister-in-law practically took away many of the responsibilities for me so that, you know, I would be able to, you know, think through, Do I, I stopped eating. Mine was as bad as that. I stopped to eat. I just hated the whole system. Unfortunately, apart from my husband, I couldn't speak to any other person because people will judge you and people will judge you. People will judge you with things like, how can you not be happy? How can you say you're not happy? You're ungrateful. (laughs) 
<laughs> These are not the things that you want to talk about to people. But yeah. women go through, every woman goes through a level of postpartum depression. Every single woman. Absolutely. It might not be as extreme as not having to eat, but it might be so mild that you're looking at your life being taken away. That was uh, that that's was the word. Oh, your life being your life is going away and you're looking at it. Oh, I was telling your dreams are oh, my goodness. Oh Lord, I was standing in front <laughs> of the mirror and I look at myself. I've always been a high flyer, so it was difficult yeah. for me. I've flown so high, I've never been at the bottom where I no, 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 no. And so I would look at myself in the mirror and I would say, So this is where you are. As in, it was, ah, no, 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 no. I said, so this is what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> Children will cry. I will feed them. And then I was looking at myself like, really? Oh my God. Can, this cannot be me. And, you know, I remember when I was getting married, you know, I was, you know, still thinking my, my father's idea of getting married, you know, for girls is like, oh, get older, you know, work for a little while and all of that. But of course, when uh, my husband came in, you know, everybody fell in love with him. So it was also easy for us to just go ahead and just get married. But I realized that, okay, maybe um, there should have been classes for me to yeah. go through. Honestly, to I wish you. I wish there is a class for mothers. And it's something that, we, you know, in the future, we will have to look at at the Intentional Parents Academy, where totally. mothers will go through a course that we tell them what to expect. It's not mm-hmm. the, this thing. No, 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 no. You, you will expect to be unhappy at some point. You, you, we need to teach people to expect it so that you're, you're not getting to that point where you're not thinking that there's something extra wrong with you. That wrong was what I thought. Oh, I looked at my body. I like my body. Oh, Lord. And I looked at my body. And I had, I, after eight months, after um, yeah, I'm having the children, even at the naming ceremony, we were looking as if I was still pregnant. My stomach yeah. was extremely big. So I couldn't exercise because I had a C-session. I had to wait. Mm-hmm. All of that was depressing me. I tell you something very interesting that happened, Precious. So my mom was around. She had just retired from civil service. And then, you know, she had come to my house, you know, for Mogwa and all of that. I remember that one of those days I took my car keys. I got into the car and I, I damned everything that could happen. And I told my mom that I was coming. I drove out, just went to the mall and just sat down. My phone was ringing. They called me. Oh, the children were crying. Oh, I didn't understand. (laughs) I felt like running away. I felt like just leaving the children behind and just taking off. Let me just Mm. go and have my life where it is. But, you know, one of the things that helped me so much was my husband. My husband will come yeah. back from work. He was never frustrated. He was never, he never showed it, even if he was. He never, yeah. you know, came to me to say, what's wrong with you? Why can't you? Never for one day. He will come in. He will just hold me and say no word. He will just say, don't worry. I'm going to wake up in the night. My husband will come back in, and from work. When the children are crying in the night, he will wake up and carry them while I sleep. If I try to stand up, he will say, don't worry, just sleep. And in the morning, he has to be on the road to go to work. And I will stay yeah. home, you know. And that really helped me a lot. The support. Sometimes he would just play music and just say, don't worry, the children will be fine. They are going to cry. Their grandmother is going to carry them, you know, and all of that. And I remember him telling me several, you can't do this all by yourself. You need to let people in. 
into your life, into the life of your children to be able to also support you from time to time. That helped me a lot. That helped me mm-hmm. a lot. And you know, anytime I want to say, oh, I will take, I'll give them a bath, I will do this. He said, no, you can't do all of that yourself. You must allow yourself to be helped. And that's yeah. the only reason, that's the only thing that actually helped me through the process, which is one of the reasons why I love the Igbo culture of having an omogwa. Because living a, exactly. a woman who has just had a baby by herself can actually be pretty very much dangerous. And, you know, one of yeah. the things that even, you know, um, it, it was very interesting was that in that same period, my husband's colleague's wife killed herself after she had the baby. Oh, oh yes, it was that bad. As in, so all of this was happening all around me at that time oh and it was it was it was it was it was it was such not it, it wasn't such a, a, a good experience but you know I, I thank god for the people people i keep yeah. saying people people the people around me my in-laws my parents-in-laws man so they lifted almost all the burdens that i would have had that would have stressed me you know off the whole shores of the earth you know before i forget i remember my brother-in-law coming to my house one of those days and said look around you in this family I said, what is it, sir? And he said, is there anything we can't afford? You know, it still makes me laugh whenever I remember it. I'm like, I tell my husband, I said, your people came to come and bamboozle me, ba. Is there anything we can't afford? Why is it that you can't eat? I want to know why. Anything you want to eat now. Where is that thing in any part of the world? I will go and bring it. So it was quite an experience for me, really. Mm. so I, I i love this episode it's like real talk mm. it's like real talk mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. talk i can i can see a lot of mothers heave a sigh of relief mm-hmm. you know i can i can i can see a lot of moms like wow so what i went through was actually yes and, not- and and that and that's what i intend to do with the book as well, I, I intend yeah. to write the book in all sincerity that will yeah. take you to a point where you know that these things are not no forget all the things they are telling us Oh, once you have mm-hmm. children, you just you become the happiest, love. happiest person on earth. That's not true. That's not true. You're going to go through a phase. After a while, yeah. you're going to love that you're a mother. But, you know, at that early stage, you're going to struggle with a lot of things, really. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. let, let, let's talk to a real mom now. Um, a mom who has a five-month-old baby, a two-month-old baby, who is just recovering and is still wondering, like, is my life gone like what would be your real life advice to her what what would be my advice to her is what i found when you know i started to go through all of that process i found that i could use that time to grow myself something that i didn't know before i got married you know like I, i i usually would say i wish young people will learn some of these things and we are hoping that we will bring light, you know, to this space as well, where, you know, people would understand what it is that is required. So if you are a mother, a new mom going through this phase, one thing that I can tell you is that it's a phase that you would never be able to get back. So don't, don't sulk, don't waste the time sulking. Oh, I don't know what's happening to me and all of that. Use it to, you know, do other things, become more productive if you can. If you can, please surround yourself with a lot of people. Talk, do something fun, do something that helps you, you know, out of it. I remember that those times my husband would say, 
let the children stay. Maybe we express milk. We have to go and buy um, um, the, the, the expressing the milk. Yes, the breast milk pump. And then, you know, we do it. And then from time to time, he would just say, let's go out. Let's just go out in the night. Yeah. All of that. So, you know, it, it gave me a lot of relief. Please find that thing that gives you calm. You need to find that thing that, you know, um, puts you in a space where you can think that you're still, you, 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 you will know that you're still living, nothing. You're still alive. You're still alive <laughs> because motherhood takes that part of you. And unfortunately, what happens to a lot of women is that you live through that life forever without ever coming out. I've seen a lot of mm-hmm. parents, a lot of mothers, they are, their children are 10 years old, but they are still stuck at the space where they just had that children, which can be yeah. a very, a real dangerous trend. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for being um, truthful. So let's get to the point of your career, mm. of abandoning your career, because you talked about it, seeing, being resentful, seeing your husband go to work. Mm. And you're like, Jesus, what is happening to me? Mm. In fact. <laughs> that visionary, mm. pushful, driveful young lady who had a life and all of a sudden it's being snatched. Because that's actually how you feel. That's how you it's feel. Being yes. snatched away yes. from me. Just like right? that. So, <laughs> so what, was, what was that experience? And um, what would you also say to a mother? Because if, if, if most mothers do not go through postpartum depression a greater percentage go through that point mm. where their dreams literally just flew away like water that, right? so, so, and a lot of people uh, right mm-hmm. please continue ma mm. so so I, I just wanted to say that you know this this whole of the whole of these things are you know around rounds up to the depression thing so these are yeah. all, all of the things that go through your head, you know, whether you're feeling like running away or you're feeling like your life has been snatched up or you're exactly. feeling like your body, your body is not okay anymore. You're no longer that babe or whatever it mm-hmm. is that you're feeling. That is, you know, it's all chronicled under, you know, the postpartum depression. depression. Yes. It might wow. look mild. It might look, you know, um, not mild. It might look um, not serious. It might look very chronic, like the people who get actually take their lives, if not yeah. worse. Yes. So it, it just, it just um, is a spectrum, you know, is a spectrum okay. of it. Yes. You know, I, I just want to also, you know, state that, that many women who have children, you know, a very greater percentage go through this phase. And I, I, I would yeah. like us to, you know, call it and bring it to that point where we understand that this phase is there. And then so that we begin to know what we can pray for. And how we can prepare mm-hmm. for it not to actually begin to happen to us, really. So yeah. you were saying something about my career, yes, precious. Sorry. Yes, yes. It's all, it's fine. It's fine. Please continue. How was it? How did you transition back to? Um, so you, you've talked about that phase, and you've classified it under postpartum depression. So mm-hmm. how did you get back to the babe we all know? Right. So how did you go from being a mom of twins, right? And going all within the space of eleven years, being the phenomenal woman you have you are today. So what has happened? Mm. What did you do in these eleven years? Mm, okay, so so um I already knew that it was for a while, you know, for um living living um, a job to be able to, you know, have the children. I couldn't have even done, been able to do much while I was pregnant for the twins. It was very obvious. I had a very 
traumatic pregnancy. So, of course, it wasn't even something that I was going to say, oh, you know, I could do all of that. So I had to leave working. And, you know, but of course, even though that I knew that I left working because um, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to cope, I still knew that it was very frustrating. I wake up in the morning. In fact, when I shared that story, a lot of women reached out to me to say, that's how I feel, really. <laughs> and, you know, we all feel that way, but you can't even say it. You cannot even say that you're envious of the fact that your spouse is going to work. Because you are go- people are going to look at you like, what is she talking about? But my husband mm-hmm. knew that I was frustrated. My husband knew that I hated the fact that he would go to the office. Before my friend, my chief vice maid, um, if he, she, will, she will come back from work and she will say, I've come to the house to help you wash clothes. I'm like, but you went to work, right? And she's like, what have I done? I went to work, of course, obviously. And you know, it was as if everybody who was going to work was just an enemy. And you know, every time they're like, no, we're not your enemy. You are, I, I would just look at them like, you went to work, you know? So um, for me, maybe because of the kind of drive I have, I like working. I like working. Yeah. I like being productive. I like being impactful. Um, but but I, I, we knew that, you know, after a while, I was going to go back to, to work. And um, I went back to work when the twins were almost one. They were about 10 months plus. And um, I went back to work. That was when I started my journey um, in the non-governmental organization. That's when I started with USAID. And I know I started yeah. working, you know, from that time and um, uh, worked for, you know, a very long time um, before I now started to transition into running businesses and all of that. And then into parent coaching, you know, three years ago what I do today, yeah. but generally it, it was, it was a, a transition. Now, a lot of the times people like to look at women who get these breaks, like they are, they are stupid. They are lazy. Why must you mm-hmm. stop work? I've had people say all sorts of nonsense. Let me say this to you today. If you're a woman, you have had to leave, you know, work to be able to have your children and all of that. You haven't done anything wrong. You're not lazy. You're not useless. You're not whatever it is that it is that our society, you know, names or, oh, because you're staying at home. And then it means that, oh, what of other women who people even compare you with other women who were, who were working and had all their children, 10 children yeah. working, whatever that, let's all remember that our journeys are different. You might not be able to, you know, work it out after 10 months like I did, but just know that at some point you're going to be able to actually begin to do more. You, you just yeah. tell yourself that this is a break that I took. That was one thing that helped me. I told myself that I took a break and I'm going to be able to, you know, get back and continue to do the things that I need to do. If I have to make that decision again today, 12 years later, I will make same decision. I might even make it longer as it were, right? Because of the things that I know now, I would make same decisions. I've had, you know, times where I've had to switch jobs I've had to, you know, change um, positions so that I will be able to actually have time and parent, you know, a lot more better. Whatever way you choose, whether you choose to continue your career to have your children or you choose to step aside, you know, to have your children, please note that our motherhood journeys are all different. Please do not mm. shame another woman for whatever decision that they need there to take to be able to have their children. These processes can actually <laughs> weigh you down and, you know, the more we say these things, the more we begin to even discourage these women, you know, the more. And then yeah. the ability to even stand up becomes even more difficult. And now, precious, the truth of the matter is right now, 
women have a lot of you know access maybe if it was yeah. now that i had the twins I, maybe i wouldn't have never gone back to work i would have <laughs> you know started to do my parent coaching thing and then you know flown over and all of that so maybe i would have never really gone to work really all right gone to work for you know another firm all right all of this was you know all put together but if you're a young woman who have had just had a baby there's a lot to do you can do stay yeah. home do a lot a lot and i still care for your for your child really you know all yeah. in all it's it's an ability to actually make the family work make the children feel um their mother and also create that time to be able to actually raise your children at those early stages because the early stages matter a lot who the children connect with at that early age, which is what we call the attachment theory, can actually affect who they become in the future as well. Yeah. Awesome. So as we wrap up, I'd like to ask this question. Can a woman have it all? Hmm. Can a woman (laughs) have it all? I like that question a lot. Can a woman have it all? A woman can can balance it all. I don't want to, okay. I don't want to use that word. I love that it, perspective. Yes, a woman can balance it all. And I like to use the word balance because in our lives, that's what every man, every human being craves for. The balance that comes with life. The ability yeah. to create security, the ability to create impact, the ability um, to create significance, the ability for variety, and you know all the um, stuff that psychology you know brings to bear. Now, yeah. can a woman you know balance all of this? Yes, a woman. We've been given the grace. I love you know the way God has created us. We've been given the grace to be able to you know strike this balance. But one thing that I want to say is, you must also understand your peculiarities for time. If there are times where you would need to step aside for the family to thrive. These are all sacrifices. Something must give way for something. I like the way the governor puts it. My husband will say that everything has a price. And whatever choice you make, there's always something to sacrifice. If you make a choice to make all the money in the world is fine, there must be something to sacrifice. If you make the choice to just sit down at home and just parent your children, there must also be something to to sacrifice. Whatever choice that you make, just know that there's something you're sacrificing, but you need to choose mm. what is it that you want to sacrifice and at what cost is that to yeah. you? That would be a decision that you would make personally. Oh, wow. I love, 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 love this perspective. Mm. I love the perspective of bringing balance to four. Mm. Amazing. So, Coach, thank you so much. The truth is, we can't end your journey to motherhood in just one episode. I mm. bet you agree with me. I agree. If you have, I, I in my in my note, I have foster motherhood, foster parenting. We didn't even go to that side at all, <laughs> and I can bet that it's a full on. <sighs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full-on conversation I, know, right? I think in the next episode we might have to touch that part mm. so coach if we're talking about your book your book your book so for people who are not in TIP who don't know that there's a book coming out please let us know about that book okay so I, I started um, writing about the chronicles of the, the birth of the twins that ushered me into motherhood proper and um, when I wrote the first episode, episode one, two, three, four, five, 
And um, I got the you know, inspiration that this you know, has to go in a book. And before then, people have reached out to me and said, Coach, please, this should be a book. The things you're writing, <laughs> you know, we're, we're reading it, yes, we know it's true, yes, but nobody has sincerely come out to share these things with people. Please, can you put this in a book? Can we read it? You know, um, I was praying that morning and the Holy Spirit told me that it was time to tell that story and I needed that story to be out. And we started, I started to write that book, you know, um, my, mod- mod- my journey to motherhood, the things they never tell you about motherhood, about motherhood. you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to um, um, pour my heart as much as I can into that book. I want to tell it all the way I felt, the way, you know, I would have the thought process, the things that <laughs> I thought I thought of that I, I couldn't even speak to anyone. I'm going to be able to actually put it all in that book. And, you know, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we, where I got inspired to also create a journal for mothers. I realized that a lot of people can't even remember the things that happened at the hospital. And I'm able to tell the stories from day one to the end of the day to the day, you know, and be, just because I had it written. The Bible says that right yeah. so that you may run. All right. So mm-hmm. we're creating a journal for you know, mothers to chronicle their journey day by day, just in case that you want to come out tomorrow and tell your daughter. You can even just t- give, hand your daughter over that journal when they are, you know, about to um, get married and just say, read this, it's going to help you. All right, that will become yeah. your own book. Every one of us have a book in, our, in us and we can all write something that will help the world. So that mm-hmm. journal will help you put it together. And beyond that, we also have two more journals, a journal, the, a journal, um, a prayer journal for becoming the mom. You know, um, the Holy Spirit inspired me also to put a prayer journal together. Now, one of the things that I found difficult doing when I was pregnant was praying. If yeah. not that I had, you know, a man who is a, a huge high priest in my home, it, mm-hmm. it, will, it would have meant that I never prayed at all. And I know that there are women like me who couldn't even, you know, gather the strength to pray in those periods. And I wished that there was something, a kind of guide that could help me read one scripture per day, or maybe help me just say, Lord, today I pray for your legs, or today I pray, whatever it is, just some kind of guide. So we have created, you know, that journal, that prayer journal to also help, you know, mom. So it's going to come with this book, the motherhood journal, the prayer journal for mothers, and then I got my husband to contribute to this book. Part of what I have oh, done wow. is that for each of the chapter, my husband is going to tell his own part of the story of this chapter. <laughs> all right. So he's going to I, tell I all to the pregnancy chapter. Yes, you know, he's going to tell us, he's going to tell us, you know, what he felt, how he felt, and all of that. I remember that yeah. when we shared the story, um, a lot of parents said, Can the governor write this book with you? You know, in fact, I remember that my friend, my very, my two close friends were having a conversation and said, so Wendy is going to write this book. This book is going to heal a lot of souls. We agree. But there's something that we want to hear. What is the role? What is the role that, you know, the elder played? All right. So my friends in my inner circle call my husband elder. So they, yeah. say, so they say, what is the role that elder played? We must hear. As in it, no, 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 no. Wendy, you need to get him. So, you know, I was like, no, no, no. I wasn't told that. But, you know, I was praying. And, you know, I, I, I heard that, that he, was, he was actually supposed to share a perspective that will connect with fathers. So when yeah. I spoke to him about it and he said, oh, why not? I would love to share this so that fathers will also know that the role they need to play on this journey. So this is not coming out to your just your normal motherhood uh, book 
where we're just going to talk about women's stuff and we're also going to be talking about the men's stuff. What you need to do when the women's stuff, you know, it's happening, all right? So yeah. it's also going to help them. And then he went further to say to me, I want to create a prayer journal myself for fathers. I want to lead the men to the kind of prayers that I also prayed and they could also take a cue from what it is that I have done. If I had awesome, for me, is a complete package as far as Amazing. I'm concerned. All right. So we're going to have three journals come with this book. You know, you can purchase it. You can give it to newlyweds as gift. Exactly. For me, I am interested in newlyweds. Give it to exactly. them as a gift, as a package. That's they are the people that I'm interested in, right? You know, if you're a mother already, you can get it a package gift for your daughter. In fact, as soon as this book is out, one of the things I'm going to do is to put a package, wrap it up for my daughter at 16. I'm going to hand it over to her. All right. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, and all of that. I particularly, uh, while I'm chronicle all of this, you know, things in the book, I am thinking about my daughter. Every time I, yeah. I write something, I think about, I'm like, what, what, what will I want her to hear? What will I want her to learn? Even if I'm not here, she'll be able to hear it, which is why it's a book is just awesome. If we don't document it, then we will never be able to actually say that this is exactly what happened. So yes, mm -hmm. that's why we're documenting this story and we're using it to reach out to more new mothers. Amazing. So when will it be out for pre-order? So we are looking at, Precious, this question you're asking me, I should be asking you now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's what you would say. <laughs> Precious is supposed to be giving me that information. All right. <laughs> But we, we, are, we are setting out for pre-order this month where we are going yeah. to be announcing for pre-order and then um, you'll be able to pre-order to get your copies and we, this book will be ready on Amazon even for pre-order, all right? So we're going to put it on Amazon for pre-order. We would also put it, in fact, as we speak, the prayer journals are ready. It's amazing how, you know, wow. um, you know when, when God is in a thing, how fast he can move. And, yeah. you know, so we, so that pre-order will be ready in May. So look out for it. Look out for the, you know, the links and all of that. We're also sharing the podcast when it's ready. I am excited about this particular project because I didn't even plan for it. Precious is here. It's not part of what we're yeah. doing in the, in the TIP Academy for the year, not part of it. Yeah. In fact, we have a book that is coming up in November where I'm dealing with sibling rivalry and I haven't even, you know, finished all the things that we're supposed to be doing. And then this book comes, but I knew that it was a need of the hour. And in fact, yeah. I like to use the word that I was commanded to write this and I'm going to yeah. go all out to put down everything that I know about this journey so that every one of us would learn. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So coach, as we wrap up, quick flash questions. If you could eat one food for a month, what would it be? Hmm, apple. <laughs> wow. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. So jollof or fried rice? Fried rice. Heels or sneakers? Heels. Netflix or sleep? Um, sleep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Music or movies? Movies. Ebooks or audiobooks? Audiobooks. So let's talk about fashion. Do you go simple or sophisticated? In the middle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Casual or corporate? Corporate. Hmm. So if you were to sponsor your vacation, would you choose Seychelles or Dubai? Seychelles. 
Ooh, amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Coach. I'm handing over back to you. Mm-mm, precious. <laughs> this will be the longest episode we've had so far on the <laughs> podcast. And I, it's as if, you know, because it's precious and it's as if we're just gisting. And I think I, I loved I loved the you know the conversationary you know uh, part of it and all of that and I think that's what I like about the podcast the conversation yeah. you know it's yeah. it's amazing I, I like to talk I like to say that a lot and hey precious thank you for making me talk this evening I really enjoyed myself <laughs> yeah you're welcome man yes and thank you for joining us again on relationship bite with Wendy Ologe right and hey. Be here because we're bringing you another episode, yeah, of this particular uh, motherhood journey. Thank you so much, Precious, for being here and running this interview. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So see you again and in another fortnight, yeah, Precious? Yes, ma'am. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to favorite um, this podcast so that you'll be able to listen to it. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Shopify. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts and all the podcasts that you have around and also on, on Anchor. If you favorite us, you will see when our podcast goes live. But every fortnight, we are live sharing on different issues, on different you know relationship issues and all of that. Thank you so much for joining me again and see you in another fortnight. Thank you for listening to Relationship Bites with Wendy Ologe podcast today, where we share real conversations of diverse relationships and why they are important to human beings. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to listen to more, please subscribe to the Relationship Bites with Wendy Ologe on your preferred podcast player. Share this with others, your friends and family. Post about us on social media. Leave us a rating or a review. To keep up with our conversations online, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, podcast by Wendy Ologe, or follow my personal page at Wendy Ologe, both on Facebook and also on Instagram. You can also catch my videos on YouTube, Wendy Ologe. You can also follow us on our Parenting Academy, where I share about parenting relationships, the intentional parent. You want to learn more about us? You can simply search us out on www.wendyologe.com or you can email us podcastbywendyologe at gmail.com Thank you again and catch you next time.